Hey, my whizzes, and welcome to episode 204 of the Food Biz Whiz podcast. Today's episode is inspired by a question that a Retail Ready student recently posted in our private student community, and it was such a good one that I wanted to share it here on the podcast. In today's episode, I am talking about e-commerce, why online direct-to-consumer sales can feel so challenging for small brands. I'm going to talk about the real reason why your online sales might be slow or lower than you want or than you expect them to be. And I'm going to discuss what you need to do in order to create consistent revenue from your direct-to-consumer online sales. This is going to be a really great show for any of you who are listening. If you are debating whether or not you should focus your time, your money, your energy on e-commerce or whether to prioritize wholesale accounts instead. We are getting to the bottom of that debate today, so let's get right into it. I'm Allie Ball, former grocery buyer and retail store manager turned wholesale consultant. In my role on the retail floor, I saw delicious, values-driven brands fail on our shelves simply because they didn't understand the behind the scenes of wholesale. I created the Food Biz Whiz podcast to give you hard-to-access insight from my career in the food industry and the tools and strategies to help you succeed on retail shelves. If you're a committed food founder who's looking to create and grow a packaged products business that positively impacts our food system, puts wealth back into your own hands, and employs members of your local community, you have found the right podcast. Let's do this. All right, Wizzes, here we go. I am betting that if you are listening to this episode, you might think that selling your packaged products online is easier, faster, or cheaper than selling through wholesale accounts. And while that can be true, it is true sometimes, it's also equally as true that gaining consistent online sales as a food, beverage, or taxable grocery brand isn't easy. It's not. It requires time and money and energy and, frankly, deep digital marketing knowledge that a lot of us simply don't have. I get really frustrated when I hear people tell food founders to just go create a website, start selling your products online, test out your concept, learn your target audience, see how your brand lands with consumers through your website. I get frustrated because that's oversimplifying it. It's not that easy. So let me back up and share with you that Retail Ready student question that prompted this episode. I had been hearing some some grumblings in my DMs. I've received a few emails about this. And then finally, the student asked directly about it in our private student group, and it prompted this show. So here is a recap of what she said. I'm going to condense it for brevity and for her privacy. So she asked, Essentially, how long, Allie, how long does it take to see my online sales pick up? Her spice mixes, I can say that, she makes spice mixes, and they sell really well in farmer's markets when she can actively explain about them and when she can hand sell them over a booth. And she's invested in SEO for the past two quarters, like over six months, as well as doing some light influencer marketing and demos. But her direct-to-consumer sales from her website just aren't where she wants them to be. Sales are trickling in, but slowly. So what, what gives? 
that that was essentially her question, right? Like, how long is it going to take? How can I make it faster? What am I doing wrong? Like, what are, what should I do? And so I'm curious if you can relate. I'm curious if you've had this challenge yourself. Maybe you've heard that advice to start out direct to consumer. So you put together your website, you've jumped in on social media, you're trying your best at growing your email list and consistently sending newsletters, all the while still running your business, right? (laughs) And yet you question if it's worth it. Let's examine a few things that might be holding you back here and let's figure out where you can focus next for growth. First, I want to clarify that this in this episode, I am specifically talking about direct-to-consumer online sales. This means that people are going to your website directly and are purchasing your products. Now, we did see a big uptick in this right as COVID hit. And in Q2, so April, May, and June of 2020, we saw that direct-to-consumer food and beverage sales spiked. You know, people were stuck at home and people had all the time in the world to go to each producer's website and buy their favorite products. You likely remember that time. If you were selling online, you probably saw a big spike in your sales in April, March, April, May, and June of 2020. But then what happened? As 2020 rolled on, we saw consumer behavior shift back. And while e-commerce as a whole continued to grow, direct-to-consumer sales stalled and eventually dropped off again. Why? Why is that? Well, it's because retailers and online wholesalers quickly caught up and they built out their click and collect programs, their curbside pickup, their online grocery platform, their, their Instacart strategy, right? They offered grocery shoppers that same experience of grocery shopping just online. And that meant the consumer could build a shopping basket with all of their favorite products from all their favorite brands and all their staples and purchase them in one seamless checkout experience. Think about it. Online shopping is all about convenience, right? And those online retailers, the Thrive Markets and the hungry roots of the world, they know that. Even your brick and mortar stores starting in 2020, gosh, they got online pretty quickly. And here's the thing that is really, really important to recognize. Those online platforms, right? The the purely, purely digital ones, while they are considered e-commerce, they are all still wholesale. There is a real person on the other end of those platforms choosing which products to stock on their digital shelves. That's all still wholesale. And that's not what we're talking about today. Okay, so to be really clear, for this episode, we are talking about online direct-to-consumer sales, selling your product direct-to-consumer on your own website. So before we get into the why of why it feels so challenging and what we should do instead. And we're going to do a little live math on this podcast. Let's stop and take a quick break with our sponsor and we'll be right back. 
This episode is brought to you by Retail Ready, our online course for producers of packaged product who are looking to grow your wholesale accounts. Through videos, workbooks, checklists, templates, live Q&A calls, and daily access to me and my team in our private online group, Retail Ready has all the tools that you need to increase your sales through wholesale accounts, whether that's in traditional brick and mortar outlets or through e-commerce platforms. The first step to find out more about Retail Ready is to join my free masterclass on the three steps to growing your packaged food business, which I'll link right here in the show notes. That hour-long webinar is jam-packed with advice that you can use to kickstart your growth right now, no matter what year of business you're in, plus information on Retail Ready, on my past clients, and how we can work together. Even if you have zero intention of joining us inside of Retail Ready, you will still learn a ton from this class, like my behind-the-scenes advice from my time as a grocery buyer, including exactly what to not do as you're pitching to new accounts. Sign up via the link in my show notes, and I'll see you there. All right, so back to that student question. Why are my online sales so slow, especially when I know it sells so well in real life? This isn't a new concept. She has proven sales. She just can't get those online sales to click. So whenever I hear someone question or frankly complain, not that she was doing that, but when I hear folks complain about slow sales online, I always ask us, I always invite that person to take a step back and look at the data. So we have to get to the root problem of why you might have slow sales online. And the very first thing we look at is traffic and conversion rates. So if your eyes just glazed over when I said that, stick with me because I'm going to explain it in extremely clear language. So again, we look at traffic first. Traffic is simply how many people are coming to your website in any given period of time. You can find out this information in your analytics dashboard on your website. So go look there. I'm going to give you some homework at the end of this episode. So I want you to get ready to dig into your own numbers after I explain a few things. So let's first set some realistic expectations. Shopify says that the average web store conversion rate for a U.S.-based food and beverage brand that does less than $2 million in annual sales is 2.52%. I'm going to say that again. So Shopify, you know, it's the platform that the vast majority of food and beverage brands use. Shopify says that the average web store conversion rate, specifically for a U.S.-based food and beverage brand, that's you, likely, (laughs) unless you're listening from Canada. Hello. So a US-based food and beverage brand that does less than $2 million in annual sales. I know that's a lot of you. The average conversion rate is 2.52%. Shopify actually has a conversion rate calculator that I'm going to link up in the show notes for you guys. So you can see it with your very own eyes. So what does this 2.52 conversion rate mean for you. It means that for every 100 people who come to your website, 2.5 people purchase. Got that? So in this example, your traffic, your traffic would be 100 people and your conversion rate is 2.52. Again, and I want to be clear here, your numbers 
are going to be different, right? Your numbers are different than this. This is just averages. So this is why you have to go and dig into your own data. So what does this look like with some real numbers? Let's start with a sales goal and work backwards. Let's say that you want 25 purchasers from your website per month on your website, right? So 25 purchases per month. That would mean that you would need 1,000 visitors to your website every month in order to get 25 purchases. Do you follow me here? A 2.5 conversion rate off of 1,000 visitors is 25 purchases. So if you want 25 purchases per week, you would need about 4,000 unique visitors per month to your website. Of course, like I said, your conversion rate might be higher or it might be lower. So that would be really important data to have so you can make your own projections. Now, I don't share these numbers to make our listeners feel bad or make you feel like the task is impossible, but more to show you what realistic expectations are, what is normal. So if you feel like you have slow sales on your website, let's go look at your traffic numbers and your conversion rate first so that we can get a benchmark of where you are now and how much you'd need to grow in order to increase those numbers and to hit your goals. Does that make sense? So one of the biggest mistakes that I see is that brands think they should be having higher sales from your website. Again, after all, we get so many messages. I don't know where this came from, but so many messages that it should be easy, that it should be fast, that it should be cheap to get online sales. But then when we look at the the data, if you are, you are likely right on track with those average conversion rates. It's simply that the conversion rates are low with direct-to-consumer food and beverage brands right? So if you are hitting that 2.5 conversion rate, you are right on track with other food and beverage brands who are doing less than 2 million in annual sales. The numbers don't lie here. But one of the things, again, that I'm frustrated about is that I see so many brands, I, I see so many of you feel like you are not doing well enough online, that your numbers should be higher, that you should have higher sales. And it leads to feeling like you're a failure, even if your numbers are right in line with those average conversion rates. So before you start beating yourself up over this, before you jump to the conclusion that you are having low sales online, I beg you to go and look at your data. Okay. So if that's you, right, if you are hitting are right around that 2.5% conversion rate, if that's you, what do you do next to hit that goal of 25 sales per month? Again, that is 1,000 unique visitors to your site every month. Or if you want that 25 sales per week, that's 4,000 unique visitors per month to your website. Well, first, I'm going to invite you to cut yourself some slack here. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I haven't ever gotten 4,000 unique visitors to my website in a single month by relying solely on organic traffic. 
Maybe when we were running ads, we would do that, but on organic traffic, there's no way. And again, organic traffic is when you aren't paying for social media or for Google ads. It's all traffic that ends up there organically. So if your conversion rate is in that acceptable range above 2% or so, but you aren't hitting your direct to sales, excuse me, direct to consumer sales goals, it is your traffic that is the problem. Right? Do you follow me here? So how do you increase traffic to your website? Well, unfortunately, there's no quick fix and there's no way to do it without investing your time, your effort, or your digital marketing skills. And here's the challenge when it comes to most solopreneurs that I meet. You simply don't have that time, that energy, that bandwidth, the desire, the budget for paid ads. Or frankly, like I said, the skill set to create consistent content on your social media platforms and to your email list to hit the volume of traffic needed to have consistent high sales on your own website. It's not impossible, but I see this challenge come up a lot. So what the heck do you do, right? Do we throw in the towel? No. The way I see it is that you've got three options. Let me break them down for you. First, you can just keep on keeping on, right? Just keep on slow and steady what you're doing. Just reset your expectations with the knowledge that you have gained from this episode. If you are okay with your direct-to-consumer sales and the amount of resources, again, the time, the money, and the energy that you spend getting people to your website, you do you. No need to invest in fixing something that isn't a priority for you. Okay, so that's the first option. Keep on keeping on. You're like, okay, great. Thank you for those expectations, Allie. I'm going to keep on keeping on. The second option is to invest in growing your traffic and your direct-to-consumer sales. This can be an investment of time, an investment of money, or likely an investment of both. If you are bootstrapping it and investing in your own time rather than spending money, that might look like figuring out your social media strategy, learning how to grow your email list, writing bi-weekly emails to your subscribers, and engaging online, right? You are investing your time to figure it out. If you are open to investing financially, that could be hiring someone who already has the skill set to grow your online engagement or investing in a course or a training to learn how to DIY it. It might be hiring someone, right? Outsourcing it, finding a freelancer, bringing on a part-time employee. In either case, in option number two here, deciding to purposefully invest resources in increasing your traffic, you're making a a commitment of time, money, and or your energy. So if you are choosing option number two here, I want you to, again, continue to have realistic expectation. And again, that goes back to the data. What is your current conversion rate and your current traffic numbers? Dig in there. Once you know that, I want you to figure out how much you would have to increase traffic by in order to hit your goals. Is that doable? How long will it take for you to consistently get there? Do you want to invest that time and energy? Again, there is no right or wrong answer here. You do you. 
Simply ask yourself, do I have the bandwidth and desire to figure this out? Do I have the budget to figure this out or hire this out? Again, it's going to be different for every brand, depending on your goals, your category, your budget, your existing skill set. So it's a personal decision that you need to make on your own. So that's option number two, invest time, energy, money. And lastly, the third option. The third option is to decide that your website is not a priority for you. It's not where you want to invest your time, energy, and money right now. And you want to figure out which other channels are most profitable for your brand. Again, this still might be direct to consumer, just not online. It could be farmer's markets. It could be pop-ups, things like that. Or you might turn towards wholesale, whether that's in traditional brick and mortar stores or through online wholesalers like those Thrive Markets of the world. You know this by now, but we are big fans of an omni-channel strategy here at Food Biz Wiz and of diversifying your revenue streams, but it has to start with a profitable channel. You can diversify from there. So inside of Retail Ready, we call this our right people, right channel philosophy. And this is how you get on the path to profitability. If you don't know which channels are the most profitable for your brand, you're missing out here. As entrepreneurs, we have limited resources. So you have to make sure that it is worth investing in them. Again, whether that's time, money, or energy in any particular channel. So remember in any channel, regardless of what you choose, you have to have a way to support sales after your launch. If you've been following me for a while, you have heard my rant about this, that the field of dreams advice, if you build it, they will come, is the worst business advice that you can follow. I have never seen a brand succeed in having consistent high sales without a marketing strategy to support them. So whether that's a digital marketing strategy that's focused on getting enough traffic to your website to support your direct-to-consumer goals, or that's a reorder strategy that supports sales once you're on the shelf in your dream wholesale accounts, you can't skip that part of the business. In fact, that's why we devote over a third of our curriculum inside of Retail Ready to selling off the shelf once you're there. So often founders skip this step. You spend all your resources to launch your product, to build your website, or to get on the shelf, and you've got very little left in the tank, or frankly, in your bank account, to invest in the sales strategy from there. Listen, gaining consistent sales for your package product line is hard, but it's even harder when you wing it, or when you ignore it, or when you have unrealistic expectations or you are making judgments without looking at your data. I'm not here to sugarcoat things for you, and I'm hoping that by setting realistic expectations about traffic and conversion rates, you are better positioned to make the right decisions for your brand. Now, here's your homework. I told you that in this season, season 18 of the Food Biz Wiz podcast, I'm asking you to commit even more. I'm showing up and I want you to show up too. So here is your call to action. If you've got a website up and you are already selling there, go and pull your traffic 
and your conversion rate for the past month, the past 30 days. Shopify, which most of you are on, makes it super easy on your dashboard, as well as Squarespace if you're over there too. So I want you to identify what your monthly sales goal is and figure out how many unique visitors you would need to your website month in and month out in order to hit that goal based off your current conversion rate. And if you don't want to do the math, here's your invitation. Send me your numbers. I will do that for you. DM me or send me an email with your goal and your current traffic and your current conversion rate. And I promise I'm going to calculate it for you. (laughs) You got to know your numbers in order to make a plan. And I want to help you get there in any way that I can. All right, my whizzes, if you want to know more about e-commerce versus wholesale, I invite you to click through to my masterclass on the three steps to growing your packaged food biz, which I'm going to link up in the show notes. I'm going to do even more live math with you there, and I'm going to introduce you to my 14.4 effect, which outlines how much revenue you can make direct to consumer versus wholesale based off the number of cases that you sell per week and the margins in each category or in each channel, excuse me. It's really eye-opening. You're also going to hear me gripe (laughs) about three mistakes that I see busy founders make as you try to grow your sales, as well as how to fix them in order to stop wasting your time, your money, or your sanity. So if this podcast episode resonated with you, you're going to learn a ton in that masterclass. Click on through to the show notes, pick a time that works for you to watch the training and be ready to take a whole bunch of notes. Okay, that is it for today. I'm going to be back next week with Sarah Davidson. She is the executive vice president of ECRM, and we're going to talk about pitching to wholesale buyers, the difference between ECRM and Range Me, how we're moving to a hybrid model of trade shows and buyer meetings and networking events, and a whole bunch more. So tune back in to hear our hot take on what's working now to connect with buyers and to learn whether or not attending a curated ECRM event should be in your plan for next year. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening to Food Biz Wiz. If you're enjoying this podcast and the tools it gives you for growing your packaged product business, please subscribe so you never miss an episode. From one small business owner to another, I am deeply grateful for your support of this podcast, and I appreciate it when you share it with your fellow food founders, share it on social media, or leave me a review on your listening platform. Ready for more? Find out how we can work together at foodbizwiz.com. I'll see you right back here next week.